that passage of scripture and the end of it is where we're going to take our uh, thought here tonight. Amen. Everybody happy? Amen. Glad to be in the house of the Lord. Nudge your neighbor. Look at them. Smile at them and tell them, I'm glad you're here. Praise God. I'm glad you're here. And for those of you that are not here, we know that you would prefer to be here. Amen. So we're thinking about you as well, but we are certainly glad to be in this place here tonight. Is anybody thankful for what God has done? Amen. We're on a, in a week of Thanksgiving, and so spend a, some time and effort and some thought to God's goodness. Amen. And be thankful. Praise God. Nudge your other neighbor and tell them to be thankful. <clears throat> it is the will of God. It is the will of God that we would be a thankful people. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 1. If you have it, say amen. All right, let's read it. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, or that means completion or spiritual maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. This is what we talked about last week, repentance, and of faith toward God, faith toward God. And that's what we're going to spend a few moments here tonight talking about is faith toward God. Amen. Lord, we thank you and praise you. We ask that you would help us. We pray that your word would be a strength to us. Amen. In this world that we live in, we're thankful that there is something that is firm, established, and is a rock. And we stand upon that here tonight. We thank you for it. We ask that you would bless this word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Faith toward, faith toward God. Amen. Faith is an essential prerequisite in coming to God. You must have faith. Without faith, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6 says, without faith it is impossible to please God. Amen. To come to God, there has to be some modicum. There has to be something within yourself that, that believes and trusts that there is a God that can respond to you. And in Hebrews chapter number 11, it's typically referred to as the faith chapter. And when you read your way through that particular chapter, that would be a great chapter. That's some great, great reading. If you're wondering, well, where do I go in the Bible and what do I do? And read Hebrews chapter number 11. You're going to find that there are a lot of individuals who had faith toward God. They, In some cases, they didn't know where they were going what they were doing, and in most cases of all of those that were named, they were striving toward something that was going to happen that they themselves never saw. They were trusting in God and the plan of God, the kingdom of God, and they were looking for a day in which the Holy Ghost would be poured out. And the scripture said in Hebrews chapter 11, they never saw that day. They were not made perfect without us. Praise God. We have the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And the Holy Ghost has fallen upon each and every one of us, and so we should be thankful for that. But these individuals in Hebrews chapter number 11, they trusted God. They had a faith, and they believed in God. And so faith is an essential prerequisite in coming to God. The writer of Hebrews admonished us in chapter number 6, 
that we should leave the basic principles of the doctrine of Christ, not laying again the foundation of these principles, that, but we should go on into perfection and spiritual maturity. He was not telling us in that passage of Scripture that those foundational principles are not important. He was saying these things need to be established in our life, and then from there you go on and you grow, and it should be everybody's desire to grow in the Lord. Amen. I don't want to be a baby, a toddler in the Lord forever. I want to establish some things in my life, and then from that foundation, I want to grow and mature in the Lord. Praise God. Our world needs mature Christians. Our world needs mature faith-believing individuals. Amen. There is so much confusion and chaos they need somebody that's grounded in something that is greater than themselves. Amen. And it starts with faith. Praise God. It starts with faith. So he is not telling us that we should not think of these things as important. Certainly, last week we talked about repentance from dead works. It's very, very important. Repentance is powerful and it's important. And so is faith toward God. Growth is a process, and we should all desire to grow. There's only two foundations that exist for us to build our lives upon. And Jesus said he, he likened this to, to two individuals building their life on two different materials. Matthew chapter 7 and verses 24 through 29. He talked about the individual building their life upon a rock, and when the storms came and difficulties came, the house stood firm. And he also talked about the individual that built their house on sand. It was shifting. It was not sure. When the elements came and beat against it, it fell down flat. Well, if you're going to build your life, amen, and all of us need to build our life on something that is secure, you need to build your life on a rock, and not just any rock, but the scripture said Jesus is the chief cornerstone. You need to build your life on the chief cornerstone. It's not going to shift underneath you. This rock will not tremble under you. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about the author and the finisher of your faith. And if you're building your life on that rock, you're not going to move when the storms of life come, when the difficulties of life come. When the vicissitudes of life come, you're going to remain steadfast and sure because you're built upon a foundation and it is a solid rock. Hallelujah. You need to hear that tonight. Our world needs to hear that because they're living their life on shifting sand. But we are in the house of God here tonight built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and Jesus Christ himself. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Had to do that. Praise God. That was a worthy moment right there. Praise God. Build your life. If you're here in the house of God tonight, you're here building your life. Praise God. It's a, it's a, it's a spiritual life that you are building. Don't don't waste your time building kingdoms on shifting sand. Build your life on a foundation that is pure and that is solid. Praise God. And that is building our life 
on Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 20 put it this way, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Amen. He's the chief cornerstone. And so we can't prepare ourselves to go on to greater things if we don't have the foundation laid. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. He's saying, go on from these things that are foundational. But if you don't have the things that are foundational, how do you go on and how do you grow? Amen. Sometimes people come to the house of God and they're here not too long and they want to get involved. I want to do this, want to do that. Well, here it's, it's more of a process. <laughs> there's, there's a, God established some things in your life first before you, you, know, you start moving and growing in ministry. You gotta, that's, that's what it means when the scripture says, work out your own salvation in fear and trembling. You've got some things that you have to establish. Amen. There has to be some foundations. And then from there, you can grow and you can move forward in the kingdom of God. Everybody should be motivated to greater spiritual growth. Is anybody happy with exactly where you are in your spiritual walk with God right now? I would say the majority of us would say, no, we've got room for improvement. And the reason why is because we are motivated to grow in God. So there are some things that are important. They're foundational and and faith is essential, is an essential part of that foundation. And this scripture reveals to us that we should have faith toward God. Faith has an importance in our daily Christian walk. Faith toward God has importance in our daily walk with God. Before we get too deep into this, we need to talk about what is the difference between the faith and faith. And the scripture points out both of these aspects. The faith is the doctrine and teaching established by Jesus, taught by the apostles, and delivered to the saints. So when the Bible talks about, for example, Jude talks about contending for the faith. I love that phrase. Say it with me. Contending for the faith. Jude is saying there is a body of work. There's a doctrine. There's a teaching. That's what the faith is. And it was given by Jesus to the disciples. And then the disciples preached it. It became the primary doctrine in that early church. That was the foundation. That was the established doctrine. And that was the faith. So the faith. When we hear of things like one Lord, one faith, all right, we're talking about the faith because Paul is not talking about faith toward God. He's talking about one Lord, one faith. There is a, there is a body of work and teaching and doctrine that is established. And from that establishment, that is where you grow and move forward. Some shall depart from the faith. means that some people have left the faith. They've walked away from that body of truth. This is not the same sense as faith toward God. And so I'm going to read just a few verses to kind of point out the differences. There's quite a few that are uh, connected to 
the faith. Jude 3 says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. That faith. What is that? Well, I believe that the faith is the new birth experience. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we identify with the death, burial, and resurrection through repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That is all built upon Jesus, who is Jesus. Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. That's part of the faith. And, so, and God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So he's called us out of the world and into the kingdom of God. Therefore, we should be holy, righteous, and just inside and outside. And we should be the people of God operating in the kingdom of God. And that is what the faith is. Amen. Hallelujah. So there's a lot of verses that we could read uh, from a long list. So I'm only taking a couple here. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 1, when Paul is talking to Timothy, he said, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. When individuals start preaching and teaching things that's not even in the Bible and start elevating that and incorporating that into the church and instead of allowing the scripture to speak, it becomes their subjective opinions. They have walked away from the faith. You say, well, give me, a, give me an example of that. Well, the, one of the greatest examples that I could think of right now is churches that have lowered the bar to where homosexuality is okay in terms of their clergy and people and preachers. They build it into their platform. They say, we're going to be an an inclusive church. We're going to accept everybody. Well, we've always accepted everybody, but the word is very clear in what sin is, and therefore the faith has to preach against sin and love everybody. I don't care if you're an adulterer. If you're here in the house of God, we accept you, we love you, and we believe that God can change you and your situation. Praise God. If you're a liar, we believe that God can turn things around and, and Instead of lying, you can tell the truth. Praise God. And so we, we want people to come into the house of God. We recognize people come into the house of God hurting. And we believe there's a God that can respond to that. However, we're still going to preach what the scripture says. That's the faith. I was in seminary talking to an individual. This is another kind of an illustration of this. Talking to an individual about baptism and in small groups, it became a discussion of whether or not it's essential or not. And, I, and of course, I was taking the position that it is essential because we see baptism in Acts 2, 8, 10, 19. They, Jesus talked about it, that the disciples preached about it. And in Acts chapter 19, when uh Paul finds John's disciples, he asks them, under what then were you baptized? And they said, under John's baptism. And so he rebaptized them in Jesus' name. If it's not important, why would he rebaptize them in Jesus' name? 
And so I said, so, so here it looks to me like it's very essential. And this particular student looked at me and said, well, I just don't think God would do that. Send somebody to hell just because they weren't baptized properly. Okay, well, I don't know what to say to you because that's your opinion and that's your emotions. And, and, and I agree. I don't want anybody to go to hell. and I don't even like the discussion of hell. I'm not one to beat anybody over the head with judgment. But the word of God says that you need to be baptized. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So it's not my opinion. It's what the word of God says. That's what the faith is. The faith is the doctrine that comes from the scripture. Hallelujah. You're going to come across people. I'm telling you, many of you already have. When you're talking to people, you're going to come across people that are going to tell you the very same things that I'm saying. And you know what your response is going to be? Your response is going to be, it's not my opinion. I'm listening to what you're saying, but it's not my opinion. What's really important is what does the word of God say? And that's where the true discussion is because you're going to have to decide. Are you going to follow your opinion and your emotions or are you going to follow the word of God? Because the word of God sometimes cuts me deep because I don't like it. It's not against, it's against my nature. But if I want to be saved, I got to put my trust and confidence in something that I value. And I value the word of God even when it cuts against the grain of myself. That's what the faith is. Hey. I'm running up against something right here, and I'll tell you what it is. We're in a world that's bombarding us so often and every single day from every quarter and every angle that we've become desensitized to some things that are wrong because the Scripture says they are wrong. Culture says it's not wrong, but what does the Scripture say? You better get in the Word of God and say, you know what, I want to love everybody, but ultimately the Word of God has to be the truth truth in my life. Mm. Praise God, praise God, praise God. You better establish in your home because your kids are going to hear it at an earlier and earlier age that it's okay for some things. You need to say, you know what, we love everybody, but according to us and our house, we are going to serve the Lord and the word of God instructs us and tells us what we need to do to be saved. Praise God. Now, I'm saying that with all candor and with all love because there's some people in this congregation that has family and it touches everybody. And listen to me. In those moments and situations, that's your family. You love them. You still be what you are to them. If you're a father, a mother, a brother, or a sister, they're still your family. But as it pertains to truth and salvation, you have to create a very, very clear line that in terms of spirituality, this is the word of God. It is the faith. God and and it gets, gets quiet because I know there's a lot of connections that we have with with people. You know what you need to keep doing? Just keep praying for them. I'd rather take the position. I think our side is better. God loves them, and He can save them, and He can reach them the uttermost. And on this side of the equation, there is love, peace, joy, 
long-suffering and the fruit of the Spirit. On the other side of the equation, there is the works of the flesh and all kinds of chaos and dysfunction at some point. God, I'm praying that you arrest their conscience and their mind and recognize like the prodigal that is in the pig pen. You know what? It's better at daddy's house. I'm making my way back to the father's house. And when I get there, there's going to be somebody to receive me. We will receive them. Hallelujah. Praise God. So the faith and faith toward God, they're, they're, they're two different things. And a good way to remember this and differentiate between these two terms is one can have faith and not be in the faith. Praise God. I've met some people that are so sincere. Sometimes I, I've, I, felt like, I felt like going to church and crawling on my face and saying, God, help me, because I recognize that, that they have a faith toward God. They are sincere people. Praise God. They have faith, but they're not in the faith. And you got to make that distinction because you, when, when you meet people like that, <clears throat> you, you don't want to denigrate or downplay where they are because they do have faith. You want to help them see that this faith that you have, you need to be led into the faith, which is the doctrine and teaching of truth. So one can have faith and not be in the faith, but one cannot be in the faith without having faith toward God. Because he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That is faith. So faith is an essential component. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 1. And faith is translated from a Greek word which means persuasion of a thing confidence and assurance. So when Abraham left Ur of the Chaldees and God gave him a promise and he takes out and people ask him where he's going and he doesn't know where he's going, that means that he has faith. He's persuaded that God is going to direct him. He has a confidence that he's in God's hands and that's the right place to be. And he has an assurance that everything is going to be all right. That, that is what faith is. So, this is a good question to ask ourselves here tonight, and that is, how do we obtain faith? If it's so important and it's essential to salvation and faith toward God is important and it's part of the foundation, according to Hebrews chapter 6, then how do we obtain faith? Well, the scripture said in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have to mix faith with what we hear for it to profit us. And so it profits us when we hear the word of God and we hear preaching and we mix that with faith. Amen. And then there's a response and then it builds it builds our faith. We obtain faith through the foolishness of preaching. When we hear the word of God and we believe it, we're giving mental and verbal assent to God and his word. And so we're believing and having faith that God is going to lead us. We have an assurance. We have a confidence. We have a persuasion that God is directing us. Sometimes we may not have a full understanding of something, and it's okay. It's okay if you're talking to somebody and you come across something that you don't understand. It's okay to say, you know what? I don't understand that. I need to do a little more study there. I don't understand it. But it doesn't mean that you don't have faith. 
You have faith to believe that God is going to direct you. You're persuaded that you're in the right place doing the right thing and God is directing you and he is leading you. Praise God. I may not have the full understanding of it, and yet I believe it. That is faith toward God. I don't understand completely all the components of what heaven is going to be like. I can't explain everything because I don't know. I think heaven's going to be so far above and beyond what we can think that that's going to amaze us. So I may not have a full understanding of that, but I have faith that there is a destination called heaven and we will see him as he is and we will worship him forevermore. So I have faith toward God in that. I may not have a comprehensive understanding of it, but I have faith and I have an assurance and I have a confidence in that. When we believe, we are eligible to receive anything and everything God's word promises us. And so we take faith with what is preached, what is spoken, what is taught, and we mix it with faith. And then when we do that, there are blessings that come from God's word and his promises. Our faith becomes the propelling force that causes us to act on what we believe. This is where we are a little different. Well, not just a little. We're, we're very different for, from people that just confess and they believe that that is salvation. We believe that you have faith in God and faith produces the action of the first part of the foundation, repentance. It's not just saying something with your mouth, but it's putting into action in your life faith when someone preaches to you the gospel. Anyone thankful for the gospel? Hallelujah. Amen. The saving gospel. I mean, anybody can believe and have a measure of faith. As a matter of fact, in James chapter 2 and verse 19, the Bible says, Thou believest that there was one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. So the devils have a certain amount of, of belief and faith, but ladies and gentlemen, they're, they're still devils. Praise God. So it's not just enough to have a, a belief or a faith. You got That faith has got to be put into action. Praise God. I said that faith has to be put into action. The catalyst that makes changes in your life is a faith toward God. It's the active agent that moves you to make changes in your life. It takes more than just simply confessing or believing to be saved. We can't be saved without believing, but faith is that step. It's the beginning ingredient. It's the necessary part of salvation. And every step toward God must be prefaced by faith. You can acquire great things from God through faith. And the most important thing that you can acquire through faith, obviously, is salvation. Amen. Unbelief will stop you in your tracks from receiving salvation for your soul. And the following verses that I'm going to give you tell us how important faith is to salvation. We've already mentioned Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. John chapter 7 and verse 38. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith. 
Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. I'm so grateful and thankful that there was an operation that took place in my life. It was not an Old Testament circumcision of the body, but it was a circumcision of the heart. Amen. When I was baptized in Jesus' name and his name was applied to my life, there was an operation that took place, amen, that removed the hardness of my heart and allowed me to be sensitive to God's spirit. It was an operation and it was done through faith. The active agent was faith. You know what got you in the baptismal tank? Faith. You know why you repented of your sins? Faith. Praise God. You know how you received the Holy Ghost? Faith. You know why you're still living for God and doing the work of the kingdom? Faith. Amen. So salvation is important. Now, there are some additional benefits because when faith is the active agent in your life, there are benefits that are associated to that. Faith, again, is what? Faith is persuasion. Faith is confidence. Faith is assurance. Now, you may not see it, but you still have confidence. <laughs> you still have assurance. See, that's why faith is so powerful. Well, I don't see it, but I've got an assurance to know that God can do it. And therefore, I have faith in what I don't see. I may not feel it, but I'm confident that God's going to come through for me because he's going to walk with me. He's faithful to me. He's, and, and he said he would never leave me nor forsake me. So it's not about my feelings. I've got an assurance that God knows how to get me from where I am to where I need to be. Now, in the middle of all of that, I may not feel it and I may not see it, but that's where I've got to be patient and I've got to let faith toward God grow. I've got to let it be the active agent that says even when nothing is happening, I'm still going to be in the house of God. Even when nothing is happening, I'm still going to pray. Even when nothing is happening, I'm still going to fast. Even when nothing is happening, I'm still going to be working in the kingdom. Woo! Praise God. Anybody ever been there? But then finally when you arrive and you look back, you recognize you were in the will of God. You did what you needed to do even when you didn't feel like it, even when you didn't see it, but you had faith. Hallelujah. Clap your hands and let's thank the Lord together. Hallelujah. It's a confidence. It's an assurance. Amen. It's a confidence. It's an assurance. And it is a persuasion. Now, if you're persuaded of something, how could you be a, a salesman if you're really not persuaded of the product? Well, that's a, that's a tough task, huh? <laughs> I mean, if you are really persuaded of what you're selling, it's much, much easier to do it. But if, if you're not really confident about what you're trying to sell, then that's, that's a harder sell. Amen. Are you persuaded that he is able to, oh, I'm giving away my last verse. I'm not going to give it away. I'm going to keep it until the end. I'm going to keep it until the end. But are you persuaded that God, God, God can do it and he can accomplish it. So there are some, salvation is one of those benefits, but there are some additional benefits with a faith toward God. Again, now remember, 
We've talked about repentance unto dead works, and now we're talking about faith toward God. These are, what are these? These are foundational elements that in order to go on into spiritual maturity, you have to have these things established in your life. Praise God. So there may be some here. You're, you're, you're in the process. It's like building. I, my, my kids think I'm crazy because I like to drive around the neighborhood. <laughs> I'm the nosy neighbor, right? I like to drive around the neighbor and see houses being built. And they think that's hilarious. I mean, like you could be driving by, and if you see the sprinkler going on the property, you know what's getting ready to happen, right? They're getting ready to do the undergrounds. This tractor's going to come, and they're going to start digging the underground so they can put the plumbing in. So I like to, hey, hey, look at that. They're getting ready. To, they're building the house right there. It sat for a long time. But now the sprinklers and whirly birds are going up, right? And then you come back a few days later, and they're setting up the forms for the foundation. I think that's good conversation, but they don't. <laughs> they, don't think that's, they don't think that's cool at all. And then, and then when the foundation, the plumbing goes in and the foundation goes in, then, then this is really cool. The framing goes up. And that is awesome. They put the trusses. I mean, wow. That's, ah, I, this, I like that. That's, that is cool. And I will drive around the neighborhood watching as that happens. And my wife, she's so kind. She just. Yeah, I'll drive through the neighborhood and say, look, there's more houses. Look, this is really going up fast right here. That other area is not going so fast, but right here. Right? <clears throat> so I've completely lost my train of thought. I got, I got, I got, let's see, foundation, foundation. So you may be here and you may be, you may be building the foundation. That's okay. We're excited about, that's, that was the point right there. We're excited about that. I'm driving around looking. Did you know what? Some of you came to God, and when you came to God with a little bit of faith and you recognized your circumstance wasn't the best and you needed a change in, in, in your life, a change in your life, you know what was happening? The water, the whirlybird was going, and the water was softening the ground, and your heart that was so hard-hearted became softened through the rain of the spirit and anointing of God. Praise God. That's, that's exciting. God. God's going to start God's going to start making a furrow in your heart and in your life so that things can be put down and there can be a foundation. We don't ever denigrate somebody that's that's in the early stages of the building because we recognize eventually there's going to be a house there. Praise God. Amen. And so in a congregation like this, some, some people may be building the foundation. They may be watering the what we meet every every so often and we talk about people and we talk about what do we do with them and we try to reach them and, and, and we're doing everything that we can. And there's some people you just water, you just water, you just water it. You love on them. Well, they're not moving as fast as we'd like to see them. Just keep watering, just let it that the ground may be harder. Right? It's not soft. And so you got to keep watering until something can get in there. And you never know when and what service and what message. God starts creating a furrow and an area that he's, that he's digging up the, the ground and the soil. You can't build a foundation on something that you can't build the framing if there's no foundation. 
You can't put the foundation there unless the plumbing is gone in. You can't get the plumbing in until there's, it's, it's dug out. You can't get it dug out unless it's watered and it's softened. And some of you, when you, every single one of us, when we came to God, we were like that. Praise God, we're, we're in all different stages. Some of you got the framing up. But you need the roof to be put on. Right? I mean, there's, there's, we're all in different stages. Right? And some of you got this, you've got, you've got a house and it's already built and then I'm, now you're remodeling stuff. You see how this, this, this whole spiritual maturity thing works? Praise God. Be excited when, 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 when the whirly birds watering the ground. Praise God. So these, these things, all of these things, they're additional benefits. Healing is an additional benefit of faith toward God because faith is the activator. James chapter 5 verse 15 says, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Faith toward God produces healing. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 22, to the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Acts chapter 3, verse 16, and his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong. Matthew 9, verse 29, according to your faith, be it unto you. So an additional benefit of faith toward God is healing takes place. Salvation takes place. Healing takes place. These are benefits. When God does great things in your life, when he does great things in, in your life, you try to please him. Faith toward God is, is pleasing God. You're trying to do what is right, and you're filled with a desire to please the one that saved you from sin, the ugly taint of sin. And that pleasing to God will produce disciplines in your life. I'm, I'm here in the house of God tonight because I'm disciplined to church attendance. I think it's important. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. It's faith toward God. I want to please God. Therefore, I'm coming to the sanctuary and the house of God because I want to please him. And that produces disciplines in your life. I want to please God. Therefore, I pray. I have a prayer life. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. You can't even get to building disciplines in your life if you don't have faith toward God. These are, these are foundational components in our walk with God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 5 says, Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. He pleased God so much that God took him or translated him. Abraham is one of the only individuals that was living his life, and God took him while he was living, wherever that is. I don't completely know, but he was translated. He pleased God. Enoch pleased God, and God took him. So, Faith toward God produces the disciplines to please God. Faith toward God brings victory. Everybody say victory. Amen. Success in living for God along with a conquest of besetting sins can only come through faith. When your faith is strong, it is easier to fight the good fight of faith. When your faith is strong, you don't walk around in defeat. You walk around in victory. If you're going to be victorious, your faith has to be strong. What has to be strong? My confidence in God has to be strong. My assurance in God. 
God has to be strong. My persuasion about how great God is has to be strong. This is how I maintain my victorious living. Praise God. Come on, somebody. You need to build your faith. Stop talking about negative stuff and junk. You can see it on your faith. You know what you've got on your face? Unbelief. You need to get faith on your face and say, I've got victory. I'm going to please God. I'm going to have faith toward God. Hallelujah. God's going to do great things. Healing's going to take place. Hallelujah. Listen to me. If you don't live in that realm, you are opening the door for defeat. Praise God. You're opening the door for defeat. The devil will come in and will rule you, conquer you, and destroy you. You need to kick the devil out and say, I'm not going to allow unbelief and dissatisfaction and negativity and everything else that is a co-partner with all of that. I'm going to be a person of faith. When you have faith toward God, it puts a smile on your face. Why? Because you're confident that God is able to do what he needs to do in your life. When you have faith toward God, you are persuaded that you are living the best life. I didn't come here with my head hung down. I came here with my head lifted up because I've got faith toward God. Yes, I may have had a bad day on the job, but I still have faith toward God. Build your faith, your most holy faith. God, don't, don't, don't walk around in the doldrums, in the drudgery of life, not happy with anybody and not happy with anything. Huh. Who wants to be around that? We don't see ourselves sometimes, so sometimes we need somebody to tell us what we don't see. Praise God. That's why I have a great, great wife. We don't want to be around that. You need to get a smile on your you let the, You need to let the joy of the Holy Ghost come out. Man, your home's going to be happier. Your relationships are going to be better. You're going to feel better. You're going to have better health. Your spiritual walk with God's going to be better. Everything is going to look brighter. Sun, sky's going to be blue. It's all going to be good if you're walking in faith. Faith toward God, it produces these benefits. Healing, it produces pleasing God. It produces victory. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Green. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Peyton. Anybody else want to? Come on, Brother Powell, give it to me. Okay. Praise God. You know what? When you have faith toward God, this is very, very important, especially when we're talking about the world that we live in. It gives us understanding. The world is, is full of misunderstanding, but, the, but faith gives us understanding. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. When other people are in confusion about some things, we have understanding. Amen. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen 
being understood by the things that are made, even his, his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Romans chapter 1 and verse number 20. Did you know why there, does, there seems to be a dearth and a famine of common sense in the world? It's because the world does not have faith toward God. They got faith toward other things, but the faith in the things that they're putting in are leading them down a path that is not common sense. It's not common sense that biological males should be competing in women's sports. That's not common sense. Everybody knows biologically that men are stronger than women. They're stronger, they're faster. If it's swimming, if it's running, that doesn't make women in, indifferent to stuff. We thank God for women. But it's not common sense when you've got biological males that are joining in women's sports, and we're not even into sports, but because we're seeing all of this and we're seeing the confusion and chaos that it's causing, it's not right. It's common sense, right? Because we have understanding. Not that, not that somehow we create some kind of ego and think we're better than everybody, but the Holy Ghost and faith toward God gives us the ability to have some common sense and understanding. I'm waiting for the day where Shaquille O'Neal joins the WNBA. <laughs> Will Chamberlain scored how many points did he score in one game? 100 points. Shaquille. Man. LeBron James, if he joins the WNBA, he could score 150 to 200 points in one game. You say, well, that never ha that'll never happen. You better be careful. It is happening in a lot of situations, not on a professional level, but it's happening at a collegiate level. Why? Our world, it, our world is out of course. Truth has fallen in the streets, the prophet said, because people don't have faith toward God, and because of that, they... The, the idea of common sense is fleeting. It's evasive. But the word says to us, the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. These are additional benefits to faith toward God. Sanctification, when we're born again, we already receive sanctification but it is through faith that we retain and grow in this state of purification. Sanctification is being set apart. Amen. When God saves you, he sets you apart. Amen. That's sanctification. And, and so we're sanctified, and God gives us the initial ability to be sanctified, but it's faith toward God that keeps us in that state of sanctification. Praise God. And so I have to have faith and confidence, my purification and my holiness and my consecration, the way that I maintain that. It's not a, a one-off thing. We're given sanctification and then we have faith that is produced in our life to continue it and not, it, not let it deplete. Acts chapter 26 and verse 18 that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Praise God. These are all added benefits of faith toward God. Everybody say faith, faith. toward God. 
This is not the faith. He talked about the faith. This is part of the foundation that is faith toward God. Let's just talk about a few more and we'll be finished here tonight. Justification. Justification is another benefit of being born again. And it means that God declares us just, innocent, and righteous in his eyes. He declares us just. And so we receive that and we stand in that blessed state. How do we do that? By our works? No, you're never going to be able to do works enough to where you're going to be justified. It's, it's a thing that God does. God says, I'm going to justify you. My righteousness is as filthy rags. The only way I can get righteous if it's God's righteousness. And so how do I do that? I do that because God himself says, you're righteous. That's what justification is. And so I'm righteous based on his work. And so when the enemy comes to me and says, no, no, you're a failure. You made mistakes and difficulties and you have problems and you're not perfect. I say, I know with my hand up, but I am justified not because it's me and my righteousness, but I got a big daddy and he is righteous and he conquered death, hell and the grave and was faithful to Abraham. So my righteousness is not in me. If it was in me, I'd be God. I'm not God, but he's God. And he's righteous. And he's the one that says to me, you're justified. Praise God. Now, how do I maintain that mentality? Because, man, the enemy can come. <laughs> the enemy comes often and tries to beat on that door often. And so how do I maintain that? I maintain that through a faith toward God. Listen to this. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 3 and verse 28, therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. It's the empowerment of the Holy Ghost, and it's God through that empowerment of his spirit within me that he says you are justified outside of the law. Praise God. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 24 says, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster. To bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. Praise God. So these are added benefits of faith toward God. Man, what have we talked about? Salvation, healing, pleasing God, victory, understanding, sanctification, justification, direction. Sometimes our path is obscure. We're not sure where we're going, what direction we should take. Sometimes life creates forks in the road, and so the only sense of direction that we've got is faith in God and his word. Amen. Nothing more is needed. We just need to be aware of the type of circumstances under which we must travel. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. A Christian does not walk by what they see because many times what they see is going to be absolutely the opposite of what God is wanting to do in their life. And it is faith that gives them direction in those moments. Man. I want to preach to somebody right now. You may feel like, I don't know if I'm making right decisions, what I'm doing. All I'm doing is the best that I can, and I'm trying. That's faith toward God. And when you have faith toward God, God points you and directs you even when you don't feel like you're doing what, what is right. And you may feel like you're at a loss for words, but you're doing what you know to do in faith toward God. I'm telling you, when you do that, God gives you the the right direction 
Praise God. Walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham. Romans chapter 4, verse number 12. And lastly, this is another benefit. We're coming to a close here tonight. Righteousness. We initially acquire righteousness, which is connected to sanctification and justification. What is sanctification? Sanctification is being set apart to God's purpose. He sets us apart. What is justification? God declares us to be righteous. What is righteousness? Righteousness through the new birth experience is maintained in our life through faith in God and obedience to his word. Our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, said Isaiah. Our goal is to have the righteousness of God ruling in our lives. Praise God. Romans chapter 9 and verse 30. The Gentiles which followed not after righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. What he was saying is those, those Gentiles, were they, they were... They were terrible. <laughs> they were evil. They were all, but faith toward God produced something in their life that the law could not produce for the people under the law. But through the empowerment of the Holy Ghost, these Gentiles are walking in righteousness because the Spirit is working in their life and they want to do what is right. Praise God. God sets you apart for His holiness, He declares that you are righteous. And the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, faith toward God gives you the ability to continue down a pathway of righteousness. These are benefits of faith toward God. Praise God. My goodness. So let's just review here just for a few moments. There's a difference between the faith and faith. Faith toward God is what we're talking about here tonight. And it produces benefits in your daily Christian walk with God. Amen. How do you obtain faith? You obtain faith through preaching. When somebody preaches, you listen, you stir that up with faith in your heart, it produces more faith. That's why you need preaching. That's why you need teaching. It's the foolishness of preaching that can save the lost. Praise God. And so when somebody is up here preaching the word of God, they're building your faith. I didn't see that. Man, that was just for me. Some of you came and said that to me. That's just for me. Your message was just for me. How, what happened? The word of God was preached. And then somebody heard it, built faith, and it responded to them. Sometimes people came and say, how does he know that? How does he know what I'm going through? I, that's the foolishness of preaching and the power of preaching. Sometimes you preach stuff to people that you don't even know what they're going through, but God does. And through preaching, it mixes with their faith. And they come to you and say, how did you know I was going through that particular problem? I didn't know, but God knows. And so their faith is increased. Praise God. So how do we obtain faith? Through the foolishness of preaching. And there are benefits. What kind of benefits come to us through faith toward God? That is foundational. Well, salvation, healing, pleasing God, victory, understanding, sanctification, justification, direction, righteousness. All of those things come with a faith toward God. <laughs> As you can tell, the list of faith, when you start talking about faith, it's, it's, it's inexhaustible. And some of you are saying, well, he's trying to do that tonight. He's trying to, he's, he's trying to go to the depths of inexhaustible, <laughs> right? right? No, I'm trying to build your faith, faith toward God. Praise God. Let me conclude here tonight with some facts about faith. Facts. Everyone say facts. Amen. Factoids. 
elements of facts that are facts. Amen. All these have verse references, okay? I'm not going to give you all the verse references, but I'm going to give you the facts of faith. Some of them we talked about, but here's, here's just some. Faith works by love. That's Galatians 5, 6. Faith works by love. You can't hate and expect faith to be produced. You can't doubt and expect faith to be produced. You love, love the things of God, love the people of God. It produces, faith comes through that. All people do not have faith. Some people do not have faith. Faith without works is dead, James says. That if you have true faith, it's an active agent in your life that produces works. You can do works and not have faith. You become self-righteous if you do that. That was the Pharisees' problem. They were doing the works, but they didn't have the faith. And so it doesn't flow that way. But if you have true faith, what is it going to do? It's going to produce works. Without faith, we cannot please God. That's Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number six. There's only one thing that is greater than faith. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, and some of you will recognize that 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter or the charity chapter. So the only thing that is greater than faith is love. And that would explain why faith works by love. Only charity is greater than faith. Faith is weightier, is a weightier matter than tithing. Because this is where Jesus points out to the Pharisees, you've given your tithes, but you've left the weightier matters of the law, which is faith toward God. The church is the household of faith. Praise God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. These are facts of faith. The shield of faith is part of the Christian's armor. Faith is one of the nine spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In verse number nine, faith is part of the fruit of the spirit in Galatians chapter five and verse 22. We are to hold to faith lest we make shipwreck of our lives. We are to add to our faith seven other virtues, according to second Peter chapter one, verses five through 10. Add to faith, goodness, goodness, patience, patience. Faith is a key component. It's the first one. That is added. These are facts of faith. Amen. I'm encouraging you here tonight, praise God, to build your faith. Amen. It is a foundational, elemental thing that the writer of Hebrews said this. If, if you're going to go on to spiritual maturity and completeness and perfection, you have to leave these things, meaning these things have to be in place in your life. You have to understand what repentance is and the depth of repentance. And you have to understand what faith toward God means because it is very, very crucial for you moving forward. In my last verse tonight, and it's so good, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 10. And I'll wait until it is projected before I read it here tonight because it is faith toward God that allows us to do this. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never Fall. Amen. You don't have to worry about falling if your faith toward God is strong. Praise God. It's okay to even have questions and circumstances in your life. That doesn't mean you don't have faith. That just means you have some questions about some things in life. But keep your faith strong. 
Praise God. Faith toward God. It is important. Let's stand together, and we're going to pray in conclusion here tonight. I need everybody to help me pray. We're not, there's no music, and there's no singing. It's just our, us, and it's our voices. I want us to pray tonight that God would increase, help us to increase our faith. Praise God. Can you do that with me? Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you and praise you and worship you for your word. Amen. There's power in your word, and you have given to us tonight things from your word that are that are a treasure. Faith is powerful, component, active agent in our life. Help me to increase my faith. I want it to be a moving, active thing in my life that, that reaps all the benefits that we've talked about in the house of God. Praise God. My faith toward God is going to help the faith, the household of faith and the kingdom of God. We thank you and we praise you. and We agree together in this place tonight. And we thank you. Faith without Without it, it's impossible to please God. So I want it operating in my life. We give to you thanks and we praise you and worship you. We acknowledge you. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have faith. God bless you. You are dismissed. Have a great, great week of Thanksgiving. We will see you here uh, Sunday morning. So this is meet and greet. So meet somebody and greet them and tell them it's very, very good to see them in the house of the Lord. Wish them a happy Thanksgiving, amen, and a week of thanks. Praise God. Have some pumpkin pie and some turkey. <laughs>